Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, my name is Blaine Waters, and this is Rewatchability, an Entertainment One podcast on the Entertainment One podcast network. With me, as always, is Robert Larone. <laughs> and, oh no, JM's not. JM's not with us this week. No. We're trading places, me and JM. I think we're kind of like Pokeroo right now. I don't think he really... I, only only uh, probably Ontario listeners know who Pokeroo is. <laughs> For everyone else in the world, they're like... He's a demon <laughs> that lives on the Canadian soil. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a lesson in gaslighting. He really right. is. He really is. And he you gaslit all early. of us. <laughs> he did. As kids, it was a show where, you know, the, we should do that sometime. We should. should do, there was a the, there was somebody there was a character named Pokeroo and there was like two people on this kids show and one of them Pokeroo would always come while the other was away because they were in the fucking Pokeroo costume. I found that out like a week ago. <laughs> Along with Santa Claus. Yeah, it, and and they'd be like, "Oh, where's Danny?" and Pokeroo would be like, Rrr. "Well, then like, Pokeroo you're... would go off and Danny would come back and Sarah or whoever would be like, you just miss Pokeroo, and he'd be like, "Ah, god damn it! Fuck Sarah! Hold <laughs> that him guy here owes next me hundred bucks. <laughs> if you see him again, fucking pin him down. <laughs> <laughs> you call me next time. Use text. this. 
<laughs> but He's it was in danger, really Danny though. or Sarah in the costume. Yeah. So, um, you know, they owed themselves $100. But we're not talking about Polkaroo. <laughs> I, I think we should talk about it more just in society. So this, this week we are talking about Castaway. It's the beginning of summer mm-hmm. over here, at least in Ontario. You may be thinking about traveling. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but not because your plane could explode and you could wind up on a desert island for four years. Just you could catch something. It might be bad. Get double that vaxxed too. first. That okay. too. Triple vaxxed yeah. if you can. I mean, go with AZ, get Moderna, get Pfizer. We are mixing and matching in Ontario. Mm-hmm. I say everyone do it. Life is like a box of chocolate. Did you That's ever... a wrong Zemeckis movie. <laughs> wrong Zemeckis. Yeah. So, Rob... Before we get into this, okay. I want to say thank you to our Patreons. Those are people mm-hmm. that go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, and they give us some money that we can buy coconuts with and other sharp objects to then survive on desert islands with. Now nah, we, we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. We're island it. preppers. <laughs> we are. We are. I wonder how all the pandemic preppers, like if preppers really you know, survived the toilet paper turmoil i bet some of them had like a glorious week down in their bunkers right. <laughs> like see marjorie see <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash rewatchability and giving some money to us there it's it, you guys it, are it, our wilson right we uh you give us a lot we talk and, to you and we talk to you and you don't respond <laughs> yeah so that's what this is. And if you want to support us but you don't have the money, you can just tell a friend about the podcast. That's nice. Just mm-hmm. word of mouth. If you like it and they like movies, then maybe, just maybe, they'll like this. Take the podcast, put it in an envelope, send it via FedEx to a friend. It'll get there in seven to nine days. And then uh, you can share the uh, magic of rewatchability. Yeah. Yeah, we like media. We we like the tactile media here at Rewatchability. So that's that's the announcements. Let's get into Castaway. Rob, this movie came out in the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. When when did you first see Castaway? Do you have any memories from it? I saw at least most of it on the movie network. I think a few years after it came out, when it was playing around that time. I don't think that, you know, I mean, Tom Hanks, it's been a journey with Tom Hanks for all of us. <laughs> you know, he started out as this, like, lanky sort of scamp who was, like, flailing his limbs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And in then, the verbs, yeah. <laughs> and then he moved into our hearts in Forrest Gump, I guess, <laughs> and other things <laughs> like that. But there was that period, you know, where he was, like, winning all the Oscars, Apollo oh, yeah. 13. and Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. He was, like... He was sort of ubiquitous. And then it came to a point where it was like, all right, Tom Hanks, why don't you give somebody else a shot? You know, you don't need to do these, like, giant movies all the time. Make way for, like, someone like a Colin Hanks. (laughs) Chet. (laughs) Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Um, Yeah, no, he kind of was everywhere in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then he kind of got into directing. So that's like, you know. He's he's been doing that. What producing. what has he directed? Oh, I mean, other than I mean, that thing you do. Yeah. Okay. Other than that. Okay. And that Greyhound, was... I think he produced. What's Greyhound? Is so that about movie? the bus? The bus. Yeah. It's about. It's I've about done planes. 
It's about how the Greyhound bus went under in Canada. That's what it's about. <laughs> it's about how northern communities are no it's longer issue getting that medicines. He's past- passionate about so yeah so he he was ubiquitous for a while so you you did you want to see this because i didn't want to see it i was like i was a little bit over tom hanks and i would say you know i was over him before other people were and yes he is back he has won our hearts with his typewriter collections (laughs) and that time that he got covid and was like a good dude about it (laughs) yeah that's nice you know so i've come a whole 180 on Tom Hanks, and I'm, like, ready to embrace him again. I was ready to, like, embrace Castaway because I don't really remember it being, like, super, super amazing. I think it was, like, one of those, like, yeah, like, whatever, you know. Tom Hanks Mm. is doing his thing, and it's a big movie, and, you know, it'll win some Oscars or something. Right, yeah, yeah. What about you, Blaine? When was the first time that you saw Castaway? Um... Did you see it on a plane? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't. I thank God I didn't see it on a plane. I uh, no. I I did not. Uh, I, I saw this kind of in theaters. I wanted to see it. The trailers looked good. The trailer. I remember. I don't know if you remember. Spoiled everything. Right. It it like gave us the ending. Like the part where he, where he's like, "Go back to your family. We can't do this because it's obviously wrong." And I'm Tom Hanks. I don't do things like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But let's do. But let's make out for a little bit first. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it had those scenes in it and you're like, "Why are you telling us the whole story?" And in my reading I found out. Well, was it so were so, they trying what, to market it as a romantic comedy? <laughs> no, they would have gotten Meg Ryan for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Helen Hunt wasn't a lot though. <laughs> um so no, I I uh I saw the trailer, I wanted to see it. I thought there might be more to it, like they weren't showing us everything, but there wasn't. So I was a little disappointed when I first saw it because I was like, oh, this is just... Like, he thought it was going to be, like, lost or something? Like, (laughs) there's going to be others. (laughs) That's not a thing that's a thing yet, but trust me. So so I, yeah, I thought, like, you know, I was was high off X-Files and stuff. Like, I thought there might be more mystery in this than was in the, or, like, more crazy survival things... Oh, it's um, not crazy enough for you? The man's on a desert island eating only coconuts, and then like a he tries to almost eat a gooey crab? That's not survival enough for you? It's not, that's, it just sounds like a bad episode of Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> that's what, true. That's what it sounds like. So I didn't... I, I, liked, I liked it. It got the imagination going, but I wanted it to do more when I was younger. Mm. So I was I was looking forward to rewatching it, and and my wife had never seen it, so we watched it together. And yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But Rob, do you want to run down the zany, crazy plot to this zany Tom Hanks movie? No, he stopped doing zany in the eighties. <laughs> it's a little bit this, zany. It's a little zany. Um, to this Tom Hanks movie. He's like, oh, I'm on an island. <laughs> I like I like that impression. It's good. But okay, so. Tom Hanks, he plays, I think his name is Dave Castaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to be pigeonholed. <laughs> no, wait. What? What is his real name? Do we, does, do we even know at the beginning? Do they say it at the beginning? It's like Chuck, Chuck Nolan. Nolan. It's Christopher Nolan's brother. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I feel like they don't even say it. I mean, I could be wrong. But I feel like they don't even no. say it at the beginning. And then it's only like... Almost after he comes home and like regains his identity, that it's like, oh Chuck, Mister Nolan, this way. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I hear, I heard Chuck at the beginning, mostly by his his friend who keeps keeps getting reminded of his. They dying could have been wife. grounding uh, hamburgers. <laughs> right, right, sure, right. Yeah, what's that animal with the wood? Anyway. <laughs> So he 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 works at FedEx. That's right. He is like I don't know. He probably has some sort of job like logistics czar That's it. or That's something. Maybe job. it is czar because he's in Russia at the beginning. Mm. Oh, we should. We also. I should, it actually starts with like a package being delivered. You know, mm-hmm. that's I think important too. Like this movie is basically a giant commercial for FedEx, except for you know their plane wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> and most of their packages don't get delivered. Right. They should have flown Qantas. Should have yeah. flown Qantas. But, yeah, he is, he is his job is to make sure to travel to all these different shipping locations and make sure that they can all ship all the stuff that they need to ship on time. And he does this mm-hmm. by making inspirational speeches about the nature of time and all of that stuff. And he also he, – he's really – he's – friendly with everybody he works with he knows everybody's first name he's on a first name basis with with everybody yeah hey nikolai come over here that's right he's befriended like these little russian scamps who are delivering packages for them child labor not being against the law in russia (laughs) and yeah he's just like delivering packages to and from the kremlin in in russia you know before the deadline i don't know what the Mm -hmm. deadline is you know yeah, maybe the Soviet Union's coming down or something. I don't know, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but he's like he, this little kid. We follow him like across Red Square. He like his truck breaks down. It's kind of amazing. It, like, I mean, it, yeah. it, it definitely gives this movie like a huge international scope at the beginning because sure. you know, I mean, Russia is something that we only see in James Bond movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he has a girlfriend, not a fiance, not a wife. Who is Helen Hunt? And Some judgment there, all right. Well, no, I'm just I'm just stating it because she says that you know the whole thing is is that she's been married before and it wasn't pleasant, and he's kind of like a dick about it. They're having like a like a Christmas dinner with a whole bunch of people who I'm not sure are they her family or are they like yeah. the FedEx people or is she like the FedEx no, but... heiress? <laughs> I have no idea. This is what I was trying to figure out because. Everyone's there at the beginning. There's like 80 people in that goddamn room eating Christmas dinner. There's even kids in the background being background actors like at the kids' table. There's so many people packed into this uh, this long table. It's like the table from Batman. And they're all and talking about shipping. They're all talking about FedEx. And like, back in my day, we <laughs> sorted on this table. It's like, yeah, because it's fucking huge. It probably has rollers on it underneath the turkey. And so I don't know who those people are because they don't show up at the end. There's no one that's like... Ah, Chuck, I missed you. (laughs) No no one does that. There's the only people we see at the end are people that we haven't seen before and his best friend. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. But we're sort of led to understand that his life is sort of controlled by the whims of FedEx. He's a man who lives by the pager. Yeah. And, you know, he almost fetishizes this thing. I mean, it's a real... A real side of the times object, the uh, pager. Did you ever have a pager? No. Did you? No. I think I think our generation maybe just missed it, unless you were selling drugs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think the only person I knew with a pager was selling drugs for sure. But he even at one point gets Helen Hunt a pager, which uh, they never get to use for for reasons that are probably obvious. 
because pagers mm-hmm. are useless. <laughs> yeah, it's also I don't know. I really like this part in terms of its kind of subtlety of um, relationship dynamics. Like mm-hmm. he gets her these hand towels, which don't get a woman hand towels. And then he also gets her the pager, which he's like, great. It's a pager. It has tones. He's like, it can vibrate too. And like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not, it's not a good present. Like she's trying to like it. Right. And then he pulls out this other present that she's still, <laughs> that she's still not sure about. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't want either. Yeah. She's told him. Yeah. He's bad at gifts. <laughs> yeah. He says he's bad at gifts, but it's one of those things that like, you know, I don't know about you, but like, in relationships that haven't worked out, just some things in those gifts have been like, oh man, this is not <laughs> this is not a good or like you don't right. know me as well as you think you do. Like mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, so that's somebody's worked for got. FedEx. <laughs> so that's the feeling I got in the scene, but it was so subtle and great that I really liked it. You know that <clears throat> reminds me. I almost forgot. I have one more present for you. Only this isn't. Uh... An open-the-car kind of present. Like, say, hand towels, which were a joke, by the way. I'm terrified. Just take it and hold on to it, and you can open it on New Year's Eve. And I love you. So he kisses Helen Hunt goodbye, gives her a Christmas present, you know, throws a ring at her. And oh, man, uh, will you marry me? I just told you I didn't want to marry anyone. Think about it. All right, Tom Hanks. Well, you know, the beginning of the movie is kind of a miracle in that it really makes you dislike Tom Hanks. <laughs> he's like so dislikable. I mean, first yeah. of all, he works for this huge corporation and he's like such a corporate dude, you know, like yeah. he's a company man through and through. He wears these terrible sweaters. He's. I mean, this is like a little bit fat phobic, but he's kind of chunky, and yeah, but that's like, but it's that is. I'm gonna fight you on that as I as I lower myself off camera <laughs> before you see me. No, just because like I mean, we need to see the transformation, right? So I understand why. Right, you know. but I also think like maybe it's a comment on the sort of person that he's supposed to be, mm. like this sort of like middle management yeah. person, this soft person, you know? Totally, yeah, and and like, yeah, Tom Hanks said in a. Doc, like a behind the scenes thing he's like this is a guy who's in his 40s that has just eaten and drank whatever he wants for the past 10 years you know it's um, all gonna hit him yeah so the, he they do try to have like a save the cat moment where he does something really kind for another person mm-hmm. but it also seems a little i don't know it also seems a little tone deaf as well because he's seen his best friend his only friend in this um talk to a pilot on board this plane and she's like i'm sorry about your wife and he's like yeah yeah she, she has cancer i don't want to really talk about it. and he's uncomfortable talking about it and then tom hanks is like hey i have like i have this doctor that i can give you the number for he's like thanks yeah sure maybe but it seems like he's not it, it seems like the 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 script is trying to make him into a good guy by doing that, but it seems like his friend is still pretty uncomfortable with talking about it mm-hmm. he just yeah time. well and yeah. also like friend you know i mean like their friend lee you know like it's his work friend but like tom hanks doesn't have any friends his friends are the people that he meets on his journey who work for fedex like 
he knows everybody by name. He 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 pals around with Al the pilot and all these mm-hmm. other people. But when I mean, spoiler well, it's too alert, fast. It's too, his life is too fast to make deep friends. Right? Mm-hmm. He needs to like just know somebody's name and then forget it when he leaves town. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so he's going to fly wherever the hell it is. And, you know, so he's on the plane, all buddy-buddy with Al, the pilot, and all of that stuff. And, you know, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and, hey, it's a bit bumpy. So, you know, he goes in there, and he uh, you know, does this typical loudmouth thing. He's like, hey, makes a, makes a little joke, and they're like, no, it's not the fucking time. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, it's a it's a scary situation. The uh, there's all the turbo they can't see. There's a storm. They're go- they ha- they've lost radio contact. They tell Tom Hanks to just like you know stand still. The guy gives him like a little floaty thing, and then like some of the like luggage or you know like the big um, store the storage cases start like shifting in the plane. Like, big and, blocks from, like, the Temple of Doom or something. Yeah, and this is what I really like about Zemeckis' direction here, is that he just kind of holds on all these shots. Mm-hmm. There's the, 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 it allows the space to, like, really build the tension. And so you're kind of going through it minute by minute with him, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty harrowing, harrowing, especially, like, when he's in the bathroom, like, doing his thing, and then he just gets sucked out the door. It's like, there's some pretty jarring moments in it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And... Yeah, one moment he's like, he doesn't have a, a a life vest. He just has like the floaty thing, which he could lose grip of. But mm-hmm. he's also, he's set down this antique watch that Helen Hunt gave him with her picture in it. And so he has to like make the choice. Do I go and grab the watch or do I get this thing? And, you know... He he makes his choice, and you know I, he dives for the metaphor. For the yeah. metaphor, yeah, that's right, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so this plane it fucking goes down. His buddy Al, <laughs> he gets a head wound. He's like bleeding. Hanks gets sucked out, he, and he has like his little floaty thing turns into a raft, and so he sort of is in this raft, and you know you see like waves that are like hundreds of feet high, and he's just like a little like a little bagel on the ocean. And somehow, miraculously, movie miraculously, he uh, just happens to wake up on shore. You know, and it's a yeah, it's a beautiful, calm island, and he is uh, unscathed. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have any broken bones. He doesn't have any like lacerations, though he, he does get some on the island. But oh yeah, it's it's. But then there are those things where, like, you know, there are people that, like, they crash in a plane and they're unscathed. And then Mr. Glass says that they're, they've been trying to find them for a while. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's Tom it's Hanks' kind of, origin story. <laughs> it's kind of unbelievable. You're completely right. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, when it starts, he's you. on this island. And, you know, if you were stuck on an island, granted... The shock probably has to wear off. You're like, I didn't prepare my five discs to bring on a desert <laughs> island. <laughs> what a fool I was. <laughs> but I mean, you you would start to think like, okay, survival mode. I'm going to need food. I'm going to need shelter. I'm going to need like to build a signal fire. Right. 
you, you know, you kind of try to think of that guy's name that had the hierarchy of me needs, and you're like, is it was it Waslo? <laughs> Ma- was it Mahler? Maslow? Was it uh... <laughs> Mahler? <laughs> Love that guy's hierarchies. Good hierarchies. Uh, yeah, but he he sort of just locks into some food right away because he sort of he, he uses the the raft as a shelter it's half deflated now and he's sleeping in the middle of the night and he hears these like this like dropping sound and mm-hmm. it's driving him crazy like what is this sound what is this sound and you know what could it be on this island with all these palm trees it's it's coconuts it's coconuts Blaine <laughs> and and that's where my mind as a young man was like oh my god it's a smoke mo-. no it's just coconuts <laughs> it's just coconuts but you know as i'm older i'm like oh yeah that's terrifying like he's terrified he's on this like island alone he almost died the people he was with are all fucking dead and he now has to contend with whatever is making that noise and that's very scary so i kind of felt that more this time around i you know, I, I get what they're trying to do, but for me, I mean, first things first, I would try to go and find these coconuts way before they started falling out of the tree on me. You know, like right. he this is like I feel like it's day three when he's finally like, huh, maybe I should eat something or drink something. I don't even know if he was drinking anything in these in these times. Yeah, he just stood at a, he just stared at the ocean for quite a while, which I guess is fair. I mean, you know. Yeah, you're in shock big day, or whatever. Big day. Yeah. <laughs> but had a bad day. <laughs> but that song's about. Yeah, there you go. But he I mean, the first things that he do does instead of like, you know, procuring food, procuring shelter, getting all that stuff, making a fire, all that stuff, the main thing to him He's got to get these packages that have washed up because, stay with me, Blaine. Yeah. Because then he can open them up and use whatever is in there for supplies, mm-hmm. right? Just like yeah. rip them right open. You know, there's bound to be something that you can use. You're stuck on an island, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what he should do, but he only does that weeks later. He doesn't do it. I... And he, look, look, for him, for him... I think he's thinking he's going to be rescued right away. Right. Plane went down. He was in shock. He's not thinking about they're out of radio contact, all that stuff. He doesn't think about that until much later when the memories start coming back to him. I think for him, he's like, they know the plane went down. They're going to be searching for me. And I just have to hold out a couple of days on this island until they find me. And then when help doesn't come, he's like, oh, shit, I better open these packages. I better find out what's making those noises. I think beyond that, you know, it's a hotel to him before that. Maybe this is why I don't work for FedEx, because the second <laughs> the plane started, like, you know, getting a bit bumpy, I would have been like, shit, what's in here? <laughs> Maybe someone's, I don't know, given a parachute for a Christmas present you, you or something. You just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Might as well check. Might as well yeah. check. He also, he does see a boat in the distance, and he tries to you know, wave for it and yell for it, but it's too far. And then he gets in his half raft and he tries to sort of like paddle out there, but he can't get past this certain point. And he sort of finds out once he goes way up to the top of the mountain on the island that there is this like magical circle of waves that is like just, it just it's just this one little ring around the island that won't let anybody leave, presumably as part of a defense mechanism, you know, to keep the balance and whatever, good and evil, black and white, you know. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. It's also skipping through time, so that doesn't help. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, I kind of buy that. Like, the waves are crashing up on shore. I uh, guess so. I, I mean, I, I kind of buy it, but also I kind of don't. I mean, just the way that <laughs> it looked when he was, like, looking down at them. It just looked like there was just, like, one, like, inconvenient, like, little lair, you know? Just, like, yeah. one tricky spot that the island, you know, put there to just to get him. Yeah, I mean, it's also, like, even in the ocean, uh, waves aren't, like... That's a great surfing spot. Someone would have found that um, because yeah. like, waves waves just aren't that big. Like I, I've been to a I've been to very few islands in my life, uh, but I, I was to some islands around that area, and the waves are not definitely not that big. Tell us about it's, your vast island experience, Blaine. <laughs> How many big waves did you surf? Uh, I, I I surfed a little bit. I got. I was not great at it, and I got uh, very, very sick. I realized that the place that I was surfing had, like, a little pipe that was putting sewage out into the where I was. So I think I got, like, horrible dysentery or something. It was really bad. So what I'm saying is that it should he should have been shitting a lot more on this in this movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there was not enough of that. Actually, maybe there was. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to get the image of Tom Hanks like flicking sand over his poop out of my mind. <laughs> Why do we see Tom Hanks go to the bathroom so much? Like the Green Mile, he's just like struggling to pee the entire movie. I just That's one weird. of his like shticks, you know. He like yeah. learned it in drama school and then he's just like, you know, he just loves doing like the pee mime thing. <laughs> he does it. He does it in this. You know what he's peeing clown out of the character, ocean. Tom. Always go to the pee mine. <laughs> the guy who needs to Always pee. Always do that. Yeah. So he's trying to survive. He finally does get these coconuts open. Mm, it is a bit uh, hard. He has to he, like learn how to make tools. Like he advances yeah. through several thousand years of human civilization in a matter of days. <laughs> yeah, he like naps some. Um, what do you call that? Is it napping where you where you? I think so. Sh- yeah. Sharpen the the stone by striking it. Yeah. He gets the the coconuts open. My my wife was way ahead of him. She was like, "You can't just throw them against the wall. You're gonna lose all the water." Oh. <laughs> um, so anyway, but then he's collecting some water, and that's all right. He's yeah, doing well there. He 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 starts to do all right. He also like learns how to fish and that stuff, and he's pretty resourceful. Like his mm-hmm. his skills at logistics management or whatever the fuck he did for FedEx <laughs> definitely come in handy, or we're meant to think that they do because right. he also like you know like later when he builds the boat, he's like planning it all out, and you know he also right. yeah yeah at one point he sort of takes up residence in a cave, and he has like this complicated like calendar system. And he's all, you know, it's all about the time thing that he was into before. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, have you seen The Martian? It, like, it reminds yeah. me a lot of The Martian. Me where it's too. Like, I'm going to engineer the shit out of this. And Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to FedEx the shit out of this situation. <laughs> he just crawls into a box and mails a post <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Done. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so he's kind of figuring that stuff out. But, you know, to do logistics, you run through processes. And so... He's kind of doing that sort of thing, but it's it's also kind of fun to go with him on the ride of figuring these things out. For sure, yeah, and yeah. it's also fun because sometimes he fucks up and hurts himself. Right, but that's after he's opened all the packages so that when he's trying to make fire, 
He grabs the volleyball, puts his bloody handprint on it, and throws it away. Yeah. And yeah, and this becomes his companion, lover, friend, Wilson. Mm-hmm. And uh like from Home Improvement. Like from Home Improvement, because it's a Wilson brand. Hey, you never see the lower half of Wilson. That's all I'm saying. What what? In okay. this movie, like you the home it. improvement, you're still on that. <laughs> I'll always be. I'm I'm living here for this podcast. But like, okay, but ow, ow, ow. but the the blood the bloody handprint. Okay, first of all, that was a really bloody handprint. I don't think that he was bleeding that hard when he. I uh, mean, hit that volleyball. The thing is, is like he gashes his hand, but uh, I don't know. I've gashed my hand. I didn't bleed that much in a second. Like it was like squirting out, and then he's fine later. Second like, of oh my all. God. Blood doesn't stay red when exposed to oxygen. Okay. It's, this is getting creepy. It's brown, you know. All right. I, you know, and uh, that's that's all I have to say. The arterial spray blade <laughs> wouldn't really hit the rocks that way. I've done the yarns. <laughs> <laughs> There's more screaming when someone gets slash blade. All right, all right. Um, but the only thing keeping him going is the thought of uh, of his of his beloved Helen Hunt. I don't remember her character's name, but yeah. uh, he has that you know the the watch thing, and he yeah keeps peering at it. And sometimes he like says her name out loud and stuff like that. Helen, yeah, <laughs> Helen Hunt. Oh, Kelly. Her name's Kelly. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So eventually, he uh, it skips a bunch of time, like four years. Yeah. And in this time, he's grown like a big Forrest Gump beard. He's gone blonde because it's true. They do have more fun. And, <laughs> <laughs> and one day he finds like a, like a quarter or half like of a porta potty washed up on the shore. And... You know, initially it doesn't seem very useful, but then he gets a brilliant idea, and he decides that now he can sail out and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get past that mysterious ring of, of waves, like a video game. Good thing Zemeckis showed us all that in the very first shot, of not past the package shot, but like in his home, it like pans down against like this sailing proficiency certificate that he has. Oh! He does the same thing. In a lot of movies where he just like pans down through all these photographs. <laughs> Turns out Marty entire... McFly can sail too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just all sailing certificates. <laughs> but yeah, so he uses that. He needs rope. He's talking to Wilson. Wilson is his bestie now. Mm-hmm. Wilson is responding to him. We don't hear it. You didn't then... hear it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one of my favorite little bits of storytelling uh, is here where he's like, I know where we get rope, more rope. We need more rope. And he goes up and he like takes this dummy this with a noose around his neck off a broken tree. Do you have to keep bringing that up? Can't you just forget it? Huh? You were right. You were right. It was a good thing that we did a test because it wasn't going to be just a quick little snap. You would have landed on the rocks and broken my leg or my back or my neck. It was the only option I had at the time, though, okay? It was, what, a year ago? So let's just forget it. Yeah, And I like that. It tells a whole story. You never need to mention it again, right? 
You just leave that because it tells the story visually. We don't need to go back to it like in the end of the movie where he tells this whole big monologue about what we just saw. God damn it. You know, I made that rope. <laughs> I fashioned it into a noose. And that tree, that tree was supposed to be me. Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he does. Uh, he does. Yeah, <laughs> they should have. I, I, I didn't even picture that from the, like a, a thing from the movie that just felt like Tom Hanks telling, like the sound guy, this story. He just the had a, like, a rough time filming that. What the Working fuck are you talking about, Tom? Hey, Bob, <laughs> Zemi, Bob, can't you just see Jimmy in this? <laughs> have you got those eyes to look less soulless yet? I want to go see Rita. I don't think Chet is turning out okay. <laughs> I need to spend more time at home. <laughs> if only there was a movie with that sort of message. But oh, man. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I that scene is okay. That scene, I was a little bit confused by that scene because I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I only know a little bit about hanging, but I don't. I do know that you don't need to hang yourself off like a cliff. You don't need to go yeah. to the top of a mountain and then like build a noose. Also, I know a thing or two about throwing yourself off a mountain. That usually <laughs> does the trick. Wait, what? What are the two things you know about that? It usually does the trick. And also, if it doesn't do the trick, then hopefully there's some Swedish villagers to come around with big hammers. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, I mean, he could have dashed himself on rocks, he could have drowned himself, he could have... There's so many ways to die. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, he says in that monologue that we didn't need, that he wants to go on his own terms. His own stupid terms. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets the rope, he fashions this raft together, he's done all this work on the tide, it's the time to go, mm-hmm. and he uses... He uses the porta potty like that extra sail in Waterworld that also wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets over that last hump. Just that last hump. That and he then he then spends most of his time lying in the sun instead <laughs> yeah. of underneath the porta potty door. Well, he's gotta work on his tan. And then <laughs> when Kelly sees him, if he's like white as a ghost, she's gonna be like, Eric. <laughs> he's also working on his like you know temptation of christ 2 thing you know? <laughs> yeah that's Maybe right could... i was gonna go you to bomber but uh oh nice, nice yeah but then there's a lot of whales there's a bunch so... of whales i mean he's not he, he doesn't have a great time when he's floating out there because first like yeah there's a storm and he loses the porta potty so then he doesn't have any shelter then wilson takes off and he he wants to save Wilson, but he can't. He can't save Wilson and hold on to his boat. So uh, he lets Wilson go. But he's, like, so oh, sad. That's sad. And he's like, Wilson! And he's like, I'm sorry! Yeah, the I'm sorry, the I'm sorry hurt. Yeah. It really got to me. I don't know. You have nothing to be sorry for. It's a, it's a it's volleyball. It's a volleyball, Tom. But it should have been. Good, but good, good acting there. Yeah. And then for some reason he throws his oars away. He's just like, I don't need these anymore. I won't need to reach anything out of the water, or you know, maybe need to fend off sharks or something. Signal above the horizon line. I don't know anything. But he's lucky because yeah, he's just basically like lying out, sunning himself, and this big boat rolls up beside him, 
And uh, he's like, Somali pirates? I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> no, uh, he's, he gets on the boat and he's saved. I'll wait at least 12 years to film that. Yeah. And he's saved. And he goes back home and gets back together with Helen Hunt and everything's hunky-dory. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so trivia? <laughs> no, this is <laughs> this is actually the part that I really like about the movie. Oh, okay. You like the uh, the sad part. I right, the so part. he gets back, and he's, like, okay, he, he's cleaned up a little bit. He's sort of like Forrest Gump in this part, you know? He's, mm-hmm. like, forgotten how to interact. He has this, like, you know, weird, like, stare almost. Mm-hmm. And he's also very skinny uh, again. So... Yeah, and you know all the FedEx people—they have a big party for him, and uh, they're all. You know, you know what's so cruel about it is that they're like, "Hey, have a lot of seafood. Here's a lot of seafood." Yeah, <laughs> like, that man doesn't want fish. No, that man wants the turf part of surf and turf <laughs> right now. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't he doesn't have any crab legs. No, but they're going to have him be reunited with Helen Hunt, with Kelly, and uh, at the airport, and he's waiting to see her, and, you know, we know what's going to happen. I mean, also, we we see that she is married before mm. he does, and uh, she's married to uh, Chris Noth, so, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Big. I think that's one of the, that's a part of the She went from Big I... to Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what, what part of the movie that i think just really fucked it it screwed the pooch on this part where like she faints in the kitchen but then you see her husband and child i was like don't show that just have this guy come through the door and he's like hey where's kelly where's where's my where's my fiance and then this guy can be like well first of all she didn't say yes and uh <laughs> she told um, me the story <laughs> dude like, why'd you husband. go it was christmas eve <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really fucked up, man. She also won the lottery the year after you left. We're we're millionaires now. Um, so it's just like it would have been so much better if he came through the door and we're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And he's like, "Hey, Kelly, can't see you." And you're like, "Who the fuck is this?" And we find right. out with him. Ah, that would have been better. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I see your point. Husband, she has kids. She can't see him. She's too upset. But so, it kind of uh, seems like. You know, like maybe he doesn't want her to see him. Like Chris Noth the is husband? like, yeah, because you know when Tom Hanks looks out the window and sees sees them and sees Helen Hunt there, she's like kind of trying to go back. And Chris Noth is like, come on, let's just let's just go. This is done. And, oh, that's uh, so interesting. I saw that a completely different way. I saw it that like she was like, I should go in there. I have to go in there. And he's like, No, honey. Like I know you. This is not good for you. Like. You know, you have to do it when you're ready. That's what I thought. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe I've just seen him in too many dick roles. Like, you know, good good wife. You D- know. Dick roles. He's a cheater! <laughs> yeah, but uh-huh. then, you know, he... But then, okay, but then he goes to her place anyway. He I know! Just, he takes a taxi out there, and it's the middle of the night, and she sees his taxi coming... And he, she lets him in, and they talk. They talk for a really long time, mm-hmm. and then they bro out about sports. <laughs> yeah, they, they totally tuned hard. out. 
and um, she shows him his old truck or old car, which she still has, and they, uh, you know, there's like a whole bunch of like, will they, won't they smooch, and of course they're going to smooch, but it's also like really gross, because you're like, dude, the fucking kids are sleeping inside. Chris yeah. Noth is probably like awake in bed, being like, she's down there with them, she's down there with them, and... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. He's probably playing some like violent video game, trying to like forget what's happening. <laughs> but like, they, you know, he, he's about to leave, and then he comes back, or she like runs out to him, and then they they do a bunch of smooching. I always knew you were alive. I knew it. But everybody said I had to stop saying that. That I hadn't let you go. I love you. You're the love of my life. I love you too, Kelly. More than you'll ever know. And then yeah. Chris Noth comes out and it gets violent. No, but then, no, then, you know, she's like, will she leave with him? I mean, she can't leave with him. And, you know, he says... You you have to go home, and because he knows that you know it's just a fantasy. It's just a fantasy they're pursuing, and uh, so he he leaves without her, and that's and that's it. And then the last thing that he does, he fulfills his mission. He he goes and delivers the one package that he didn't open, the one that had the waterproof matches, the scissors, the knife. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl ad that came out. The 50-foot. <laughs> was there a Super Bowl ad? Yeah, yeah. The Super Bowl ad was like, he like goes up to the girl and hands her the package. And he's like, hey, by the way, what was in there? And she's like, oh, just a satellite phone. And like, she goes on all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then when he's done his last duty, he puts a gun to his head. And he, no, um, <laughs> Yeah, he just like blows his brains out yeah. in the crossroads. Can you yeah, imagine? Exactly. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to my own terms. I really did. Um, <laughs> that would be hilarious. I bet. I mean, also the darkest thing Tom Hanks has ever done. Uh, yeah. No, but I mean, this package turns out it's going to a, a, a sexy lady. Yeah. A real yeah. hot mama. Yeah, he might have another package for. No, I'm not gonna. Um, but yeah, he doesn't know because he's standing in the crossroads and he's looking yeah. around and it's like you know she's told him all the directions like he can go to Canada, could go to yeah. Canada. Why not go to Canada? Or he could go over there, over there, or maybe he could go back where she was, you know, where that package is waiting for her. Maybe he could explain everything. And they seem to have a connection. Maybe maybe that could be the next step in his life. Maybe he deserves this. Or maybe maybe he just needs to like just run for a while. Just keep running. Or from coast to coast. Just avoid the oceans. <laughs> And then uh, that's it. Then we, we don't know. But, I mean, really, we know what he's going to do. He's going to go wherever the fuck FedEx sends him. <laughs> we got to yeah. get you to Belize. They're sorting slow over there. <laughs> Can I take the train? No. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the movie. Uh, We're going to be right back with some trivia. And then a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of how this came about. So we'll be right back in, in four years. Hey there, we're back. Re- we're rewatching. I'm Cody. so old now, <laughs> my bones. But I'm um, really skinny, so <laughs> that was and good. I, and and I can throw a spear forty feet into mm. a fish 
It's impressive. That I can't see because of refraction. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I have some, some trivia for you Okay. Here, I'm Rob. ready. Um, I hope it's survival trivia because I know. I know how to survive. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, survive what? You know, just things I'm, in I'm general. I'm going to interrogate this a little bit more. I've survived um, pretty much everything that I've encountered so far. I, that's uh, that's more than can be said about most people. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. So we'll go we'll go easy easy first. Oh, this is maybe a little hard. We don't know. Right. We don't know. <laughs> I, this this movie was such a success that they had a castaway TV series. It then changed its name and became what TV series? Survivor. <laughs> That'd be so good. I remember when they first came out with Survivor, I had a coach for this team that I, I was on, and he was trying to explain to everyone that like they're going to put people on an island and have them play games for food, and if they win the games, they get the food, and if they don't, they don't get the food. They starve. <laughs> and I was like, they can't do that on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's true. They made the first season sound like it was just Lord of the Flies, the reality <laughs> show. Yeah, exactly. So not Survivor. What? Uh, Big Brother. It, it it wasn't a reality show. Oh, lost. It was lost. Yes. Yes. So they turned the 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 pitch was just this movie's plot as a TV show and then it turned into Lost, which for the kid that saw that in 2000 is exactly what I wanted because I loved Lost. So mm. I'm I'm glad that happened. That's amazing. Um, I mean, this movie does feel a lot like the pilot episode of Lost. Basically, yeah. Yeah, except like nobody else survives. Yeah, which is probably more more accurate to a plane crash. So less daddy issues. Who did they have to get permission to use the island from? Mm. I'm going to say the people who have inhabited it for millennia. <laughs> You'd be right. They had to get it from uh, – it wasn't from the government or from anyone that really owned the island. It was from the people that, that lived there. and Well, they owned it. But it was a, a sort of talking to the elders thing that the location manager had to do. Uh, oh, wow. She, I was being, yeah. like, ironic. I was sure no. that they, you know – No. It was it – was, there was there's surrounding they islands. They didn't displace any indigenous tribes or <laughs> – No. No, this one was uninhabited. It was untouched because it was kind of um, it was a. We've been saving this one for you, Tom Hanks. Uh, well, the island was like a religious symbol for these for these people, or a cultural symbol for these oh. people, and so they owned the surrounding islands, which you can see really clearly from ashore when they they digitally removed. And there was about you know eighty people that they had to get consent from to shoot on this island. So that the location manager, this sounds really fun. She went to each of them and had to do like the ceremony with all of them where she like had to drink a lot of like their their liquor uh with them and she had to do that many 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 times right uh, wow to get permission. i was like that's great that's a good job right there yeah um so they got permission from from those people they went to the island they had like a good meet and greet day it's really funny because in the behind-the-scenes documentary, Tom Hanks is, is kind of a little more obsessed with who knows him, where he goes, than I what? would ever have would have ever pictured. Hey, I'm Tom like, Hanks! 
So he's like, I was told they don't know me here, so it's not, I don't know, I'll go and meet them. I, I brought guess, some old episodes of Bosom Buddies to show them. <laughs> <laughs> like, get them started on the early stuff. <laughs> and then same in, in, in Moscow, he was like, they say they they say they're like reading a newspaper and they're like, see, this is me with an with an Academy Award. They don't they don't like they don't know notice or like a Golden Globe or whatever he had at the time. And he's like, this is me with an award, but they don't know who I am. So that's why they put the picture here is make them sh- make them know who I am here. They did it's make like, they did make a version of Big in Russia, but in that version, the uh, the boy grows into a big person, then he goes to the Gulag. It, we can make really jokes just, about Russia now, right? It's really bad, just the right? plot of Doctor Shivago. That's all it is, really. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so they they did that. They shot this movie. Tom Hanks gained forty pounds for the role. Mm-hmm. They shot this movie, and then they stopped filming for a year for Tom Hanks to lose all the weight. Wow, lose the weight, Hanks. And then in the interim, they filmed, as we know. What lies beneath? Right out of the podcast, mm-hmm. and that's why it was kind of not uh, the best movie because it was kind of it was like <laughs> oh, I'll do this while I have time, I guess. And then they went back to the island. Hank, you thin yet? Okay, <laughs> let's go. Action! <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not thin enough. Get on the bike again. Put the garbage bags on him. It's like Rocky. <laughs> so they went back and shot it it out there again. So. All those blonde curls were actually his real hair color and, wow. and how he grew it out. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. You know, it, it seemed a lot more impressive to me that he did that before the pandemic. Yeah. And just like everyone did that. No, I, you know, when I was watching this movie or even before, I was like, yeah, I lived castaway between April and, you know, <laughs> August of last year. I, I mean, just picture you like. <laughs> Like trying to get into a cereal box with a stone. I couldn't even like, buy a box? volleyball to talk to. I just had to talk to a screen with people on it. It was uh, horrible. It's not the same. No, <laughs> honestly, no I prefer the uh, volleyball. Yeah. So yeah. So then they went back and and they filmed it. And to create the script of this, so the whole thing, Tom Hanks came up with this idea. This was his idea to pitch. Really. Yeah, so he was wondering, like, he was. What if I go on vacation on a deserted island and uh, maybe we could, like, make it a movie or something? You know? Yeah, he'll pay for it, sell some tickets. He he talked to Adam Sandler. He's like, oh, yeah. How do you do it, Adam? (laughs) But he was watching something on FedEx and was like, yeah, those planes must crash. There's so many of them in the air. Like, what would happen if someone did that? And he always loved the the castaway other stories, like Mm. Gilligan's Island and stuff. But he was like, what if like a modern man landed on the island and had to deal with these a modern like, Hanks? A modern Hanks, the title of his biography. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be Hanky Panky, right? It's got to be. Could be. It could be. Or Hanks for the memories. <laughs> I like that. So then he brought it to a producer. The producer got William Boyles Jr. on board mm. to write it, though. Tom Hanks knew William Boyles Jr. from before because he wrote what movie, Rob? Is this a trivia question? No. Uh, Turner Another and Hooch. Tom Hanks movie. It was, in fact, he only wrote the dog part for that movie. <laughs> he wrote all the lines for the dog. No, uh, 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 Apollo 13. Oh, Apollo 13. okay. Another kind of survival Hanks movie. Yeah. So... 
so yeah, he in order to write this movie, he went to the the beach in California, <laughs> <laughs> where all the best writing's done, and um, with his MacBook and a latte. No, he 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 contacted one survival expert, but then the other people he contacted were like was like a prehistoric weapons expert and a prehistoric like bronze age diet expert or something and they all were like hey this is how you like nap a a a stone and they kind of taught him things how to survive because of course the character would have access to exactly these experts well for you know he he does it accidentally in the movie so Mm. you can kind of forgive that he would have died he would have died he would have died but also Um, how many lives are these like uh you know, uh, archaeology majors saving, you know, with their, you know, stone <laughs> napping knowledge that they pass on. I know, through this movie. Yeah. None. But None. maybe. Zero maybe. people. And so when he was on this beach alone for a week, he was, you know, it was a private beach. No one else was there. He, the people were kind of watching him from afar, like Bear Grylls type thing. And then... He was there alone, and a volleyball washed up, and he started talking mm. to the volleyball. He called it Wilson. It was a piece of refuse that he loved. Wow. And so that's how Wilson got into the movie. That's how it happened. Wow. It wasn't just product placement. It wasn't. Like the rest of the movie. Like every Do you want a Dr. Pepper, sir? Thank you for this Dr. Pepper. Mmm, <laughs> refreshing. So the the last... Trivia question I have that is going to round out our kind of behind the scenes trivia question. Okay, stuff right. is okay. Uh, this is this is all I could come up with, and we can kind of brainstorm. Oh this, my but, god! But no, no, like uh, as answer to this question, how many times has Tom Hanks been rescued at sea? Oh god! I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, obviously Captain Phillips. Yeah, and this one, Castaway too. Yeah, there's a Castaway too. No, Castaway as well. Okay. Yes, that's uh, two. <laughs> hmm. It's called Lost. I don't know. Wow, what are the other ones? Um, Splash, probably? Splash, yeah. I think the mermaid Forrest saves Gump? him. No. Well, uh, he's, he's on that shrimp boat for a while. <laughs> he's on the shrimp boat. But I think he saves Lieutenant Dan instead of Lieutenant Dan saving him. Okay. Apollo 13? But maybe... Burbs! Apollo 13. The Burbs. No, not the Burbs. <laughs> okay. Apollo 13 is one. He gets rescued from the capsule. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. Joe versus the Volcano. Okay. The Terminal. <laughs> Sully. Oh, yeah, Sully. Yeah. He was Sully. He was Sully Sullenberger. Road and to then, Perdition. No, I don't think so. And then I think Catch Greyhound. me if you can. I think Greyhound. What is well. Greyhound? You keep saying this word. It's about racing dogs. No, it's about it's like this fucking movie where I think he directed it. This is the top notch research we do on this podcast. No, it's it's a it's like a war movie where he's in, in this boat. Oh, okay. Just you, yeah. If you'd said it was a war movie, I would have. I think it comes out on like, or it came out on Apple TV or something. Okay, I understand. Yeah. That's a yeah. He 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 needs a lot of rescuing. He, yeah. He uh yeah. He, he should not go to sea. No, him and Matt Damon should just stay in places where they're easily accessible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On land. So, Rob, mm. this movie, mm. would would you call it exactly rewatchable for you? 
I think mildly rewatchable. I mean, it, there's a lot of really good stuff about it. I mean, Zemeckis' style is great. It's great that he's able mm-hmm. to, like, show us these, like, huge situations and do it in such, like, a, a a dynamic way. There's not too much annoying CG in this, but there's a little. <laughs> I found that there were, like, those things that I mentioned, I've kind of brought me out of the movie, like... I don't know. I think that they could have. Uh, I think that they could have made his journey seem a little bit more organic than they did. But I think that you know it is a nice. Uh, I think it's a really cool movie in that it's basically just Tom Hanks hanging out for like uh, you know two hours and uh, just being there. And uh, you know he's a good actor. He's fun to to be in a situation with. I think he has like a lot of really, you know, great human moments. But uh yeah, and I guess the ending is also like I don't know. I guess it's I don't know if it's good. I don't know if I like it or not, you know. It's kind of just mm-hmm. sad. Like do you need to have this part where he hashes out the fact that he isn't going to be able to be with the person that you know who who's mem- who's who's thoughts of who you know, saved his life. Yeah. I mean, I think that you could have just sort of like left it almost at the airport or like had like some sort of moment there that was, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a good movie. I don't think it's my favorite of the, uh, of the Tom Hanks, uh, prestige pictures, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's mostly rewatchable. What, what about you, Blaine? Yeah, you know what? I, I I was I was more impressed with this movie than I was when I was younger. I I just liked the pace of it. I liked I liked the script a lot. There were some things that were kind of weird, like you know his his best friend's wife dies from cancer and he comes back from this island after four years and he's and he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't like I'm sorry I wasn't there. Like that's my fault. It's like no man, you had your own things going on. That's it's fine. Like, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. fishing for pity. It's like no, dude, yeah. you were on the island. Don't fucking worry about it, man. Just like <laughs> yeah, it's sure fine. Like. like I didn't even worry about it because I was worried about you. She was dying. It was just fine. You know, it's just like oh, I hope that he's okay. <laughs> yeah, and then but there are other moments that I I really really love, like the you know like the we buried you moment and well. I mean, I think the, the really the interesting thing about this movie is that it's about like it's about a man who like throws his life away for a company and then mm. the company puts their name on it. Like it seems like how can anybody like ship with FedEx now? They like they're going to send somebody to some other country on Christmas Eve instead of like being with their families. <laughs> like fuck those guys. Yeah. It's not even that they don't deliver the parcels. It's just that they you know, like they make people work themselves to the point where they lose the things that they love. Is that what we're supposed to understand about this company? Don't look into Amazon. Yeah, right. Don't do it. Well, um, that's the other thing. This movie's also very relevant because right now in particular, when have we ever had more shipping, more delivery, more everything, right? And we don't think about what the human cost is of that you know or what i mean yeah the human cost i mean it's not all people being stuck on islands but it is you know people not spending time with their families or compromising the things that they want in their lives because they're in a bad situation 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and and I think like you know, for a lot of people our age, especially, we weren't able to be with our families, you know, uh, throughout the pandemic, and so it's like, I don't know, it, it did really kind of hit a different way post pandemic, which is not a thing because we're still in it, still in it. But uh, in but it my mind isn't. It. My God, my mind is is past. I know. Now. Don't you feel like? I mean, that's the dangerous thing, though. I mean, we don't no. want to slide back into it, Delta. You know, Delta style. Yeah. Delta P. Yeah. We don't want to get the Delta P. Are you? Did you? Are you on? It doesn't matter. We can talk about that after. But I'm getting I, my fourth dose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got a. I got a dose just to put in soap that I can like use on my hands. I. Yeah. I. Anyway, it feels like it's over because we're in in Ontario right now getting a lot of vaccines, and so um, we're we're close to being over this. So, but that doesn't mean it's over, and it can but, come back. Totally, totally. Um, but all that all that means to to this, I was germane to this conversation is just that, you know, looking. I think a lot of people realized over the pandemic, that, like the office culture, yeah, <laughs> that like office culture is not kind of the thing that they want with their lives. Right. And and if you can spend more time with your family, like that's the purpose of all of this is to like spend time with people yeah. that you love. And that you want to see and have experiences that you want and not just work. You keep working. So Yeah. And for the yeah. rest of us who don't have loved ones, there's always volleyballs. <laughs> <laughs> well, son, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think this is a very rewatchable movie. Okay. It was very enjoyable to watch All again. Right. And I think there's a lot of good uh, good stuff just to like watch and see and learn from in this movie so like how to make a a, a a knife or how to make an axe out of a figure skate how to make a really really scary kids game with a volleyball that has a lot of blood on it yeah you, you know just throw it into there how do you use game. old vhs copies of back to the future to make a raft <laughs> It would have, so, there should have been a scene. There should have been a scene where like all the VHSs were like Robert Zemeckis movies. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, this one's not very good." Uh, Soulless uh, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's rewatchability this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, and we will be back very very soon with uh, another old movie. Uh, that we see if it's rewatchable. So in the meantime, you can go to rewatchability.com, check out all our old back catalog. If you like this one and you're tuning in for the first time, you can go to social media and search the name of this podcast and you will find us. You can talk to us there. If you have three, $5 a month that uh, you think you don't need, you can throw it to us at uh, patreon.com slash rewatchability. But if you need it, keep it, man. Keep that money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, spend it spend it on a pocket knife that you have on you and just not on your keychain that you give your wife in the car. FedEx uh, somebody something nice. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And yeah. you know, put in some like yeah, some some first aid supplies just in case. Or use your national post service because they're real heroes actually. So and in the meantime, you know, don't uh don't go on any planes. Just wait. <laughs> just fucking wait. 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. 
With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit